Welcome to a tech moment on Cannabis Tech. I'm your host, Christina Etter. In this podcast, we talk about some of the exciting science and technology that's happening in and around the cannabis industries and the hemp industries. And once in a while, I get blessed with somebody amazing on my show. And today, I just happen to have those two people. Welcome to our show, Jarrell Decker, frontman for Hollywood Undead, and Richard Yarber, who are the founding partners for Ramshead Cannabis in Oklahoma. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks so much for taking some time out to be here with me today. Hello. How you doing? Thank you, too, Christina. So... This is super exciting for me because it just seems like there's so many people in music that are getting into cannabis and there's there's such a crossroads there. Um, before we really kind of dive into all of that though, Jarrell, would you kind of give us the highlights? I mean, what kind of prompted you to go down this path and get involved in the legal cannabis space? I mean, for me, it's a little different because I'm an actual cultivator and grower and I've been doing it for almost 10 years, like hands on. Every day that I've not been on tour, I've been growing like every single day, unless I left town for like a day or two. But anyone who grows knows you can't go on vacations. Like your plants are like children. They're like infant childs. Like you have to really watch them. So it actually bugs me that the amount of like celebrities and music people that get into cannabis and they're like, hey, I smoke weed. I should have a cannabis brand. As someone like me who actually has been growing it and knows everything about everything, I'm not going to say everything, but almost, you know, as much as you possibly can know about growing and cannabis and to see other people just be like, oh, like I smoke weed. I got a brand now. I'm like, well, I actually grow my weed. So that's a little different, you know, with a team, obviously. Definitely. No, I, I get that. And I understand, too. It, it seems like um, kind of like white labeling. It seems like there's a lot of people that are getting into the industry right now and they're trying to slap their brand on it. But there's a true passion, I think, for what you're doing and for what you're doing there in Ramshead, with Ramshead. Talk a little bit about how, how did you two end up coming together and forming this company, Richard? So, I mean, how, how, did, how did the whole partnership come together for an Oklahoma cannabis brand? Um, I actually met Jarrell through mutual friends, um, started seeing him more and more in Oklahoma. We kind of we started vibing a lot and then ended up in business with Jarrell, just through some other parts of business. But um, yeah, we, me and Jarrell met each other and instantly we, we think alike, we work alike, we both have the same passions, um, other than he's a famous guitarist and musician, I'm not, but we definitely have the same work ethic. So we bonded together and created Ramshead and now we're just 90 to nothing with it and nothing's, you know, we're, we're going as high as we can go in this business and me and him both together definitely can push it. That's fantastic. I love it to hear those stories when partnerships just kind of naturally evolve and, and you know, when you click with someone, I, I kind of feel that way about my publisher as well. You know, we just clicked from the beginning and I felt like things were going to do well. So I think a lot of times, especially in, in these industries like this, you kind of have to trust that vibe and, and go with it. So my next question then is, Jarrell, obviously with Hollywood Undead and you've had a cannabis brand in California, where was the decision to actually come to Oklahoma and why did you make that decision in the first place? The decision to come to Oklahoma was because I tried to, you know, be legal in California and I feel like the bureaucracy of legalized weed in California, in my opinion, and my personal experiences is extremely corrupt. When you're getting a fire inspection that costs forty thousand dollars, but you know there's a candy factory next door that makes caramels and their fire inspection is five hundred dollars, 
I'm like, you know, what's the, what's the difference here? Like, why am I being taxed? And then they say, hey, you can't grow, even though you're in the green zone and you got a building and you're, you're spending so much money, this hallway can't be here. Like, okay, within two days, we fixed the hallway. And, you know, this is with tons of people involved, not just myself. And then the city's like, okay, we're going to come back and inspect that that hallway's right. And then four months go by. That's four months of downtime that you don't have, but you just got your ass handed to you on your building that you just bought because you're in the green zone and you got, you paid three times what the building's actually worth. So every month that goes by, you're just getting screwed on everything. And then they, to actually grow, we never got there, you know, like nine or 12 months went by and I'm in my mind, I'm like, I could literally just disappear from the legal market, turn this into a black market facility, not pay taxes and make three times the amount of money. So why am I playing this game? Why don't I just go back to how I started, just go on the black market? But, you know, I wasn't ready to give it up. So I wanted to still be in the legal market and build a brand. You can't brand on the black market. You can, but like in the long term, you totally can. But in the long run, you're not going to like really get what you want. So I had so many partners, you know, and I was like, I didn't even try Oklahoma. I had previous partners it didn't work out with, which ultimately led me to working with Richard. So he had a very successful concrete company. And he sold it to focus on this. And he's making less money now than he is when he had his concrete company. So, you know, the stipulation of like get into cannabis, you get rich and it's easy money. Like if you're doing it right and legal, it's not the case at all. Like him and I both made major sacrifices to like make sure this company works. And we're taking a little bit of money right now just to survive, you know, in the hopes of the brand blowing up. We made major sacrifices for this and you know, it's hard to find a partner that does that. And I couldn't really find a lot of people like that in California. Right, right. And and you're right. And I'm so glad that you brought that up because I do feel like there is a, a lot of misconceptions about what it's like to be a part of the cannabis space. And there's all of these ideas basically that that these cannabis companies have armored cars and shovels out back, you know, because they're, they're just raking in that money. And, and the truth of it is in the legal space, it's just not that way. There's expenses and then you can't even write those expenses off. And, and so that, that becomes such a huge burden for cannabis companies. And actually a good question then, you know, to kind of lead into this is since you have worked in the legacy space and you've moved to legal, are the regulations and licensing, is, is that really the biggest challenge of, of legal cannabis or, or what have been your biggest challenges in, in moving into that space? So this is the key to, in my opinion, like for having a successful any company um, is partners and relationships. So for me, like I'm on the growing side, like I know how to grow plants, but then I look at Richard and I'm like, this is what we need. He literally leveled the field, dug like, 20 feet into the ground, made like a trench, built an 11,000, now 12,000 square foot facility, insulated it. So like, I can't do that. I don't know, uh, you know, I don't know the logistics of building buildings. I could build a room to grow weed in. So you need good partners in that sense. And when it comes to the licensing and this and that, we have uh, people that help us and he does a lot. You know, I'll, I'll be honest, he does more of this company than I do. So in that, in that sense, I think you need to have the right team. If you don't have the right team, I had like five partners and I feel like I got fucked over in one way or another or they got fucked over. Like we just never saw eye to eye. So an example of like, you know, being in the legal market is, from my perspective, how do you insulate the building right in Oklahoma in this tornado? Because it's like 90 degrees one day and 60 the next. That's what causes tornado. 
So that affects the indoors. I'm like, people are getting mold and rot and you're going through stringent testing. So I look at Richard and like, I'm like, how do you insulate this building? You know what I mean? And he knows how to do that stuff. I think that's one thing too that that people may overlook is is like you said you're a great grower but there are other parts of the process in cannabis that that need a different skill set or need different levels of expertise and I think it really is important for people to understand where their strengths are where their weaknesses are and then look for those partners kind of like you've done there it's great to see like I said these partnerships that come together and so I got a question for you Richard then from that perspective of of being someone that was in construction What's the transition been like to work with somebody like Jarrell that has such a such a huge name and, and following? I mean, what's it been like to to kind of build on that? Uh, it's been it's been really fun. It's been cool. And I grew up on rock and I grew up listening to his music also. Um, but the construction versus the growing aspect of it, there's a lot of construction in the cannabis industry. There's a lot of growing in the cannabis industry. So when we mix, it worked cool. And I mean, the first time I remember we went to lunch together, people was like, oh, you're, you're J-Dog from Hollywood Dad. I'm like, this is weird. This is funny. And <laughs> Jarrell just don't care about it. But it's, it's funny. It's, it's still every day. And to have such a strong person like that and a strong following, it's, it's pretty cool. And it makes the business so much funner, too. It's funny because that shit doesn't matter to me. I'm like, you know, we have a lot of employees and sometimes I can take a photo with you. Like, yeah, of course. But I'm like, that. it doesn't like register to me. I'm like, dude, we got a leak in the wall. Like that is way more important than anything in my world right now. How do we fix this leak? And then he takes care of it. So like, to me, like the fucking rock stars are the people that are harvesting right now. The people that are literally doing our irrigation that I can't build. They're building a giant plumbing system. I'm like, you're a fucking rock star. I wish I could do that shit. It's it's so refreshing, I think, to hear your humbleness um, coming into the industry and, and understanding that, you know, you have this incredible career and this incredible um, presence, I think, that kind of precedes you. But you understand how much your employees mean and how much your staff means in, in creating a successful business. And I think that says so much about you personally and, and, and as you're from your character, I think that really, really says something. I appreciate that. I bring them like clothes and stuff like that. Every time we have a show locally, I bring them all to the show. So we're kind of like a family. It took us a long time to get the right team, but we did it. Yeah, for sure. We have a really good team behind us now. That's phenomenal. And building it that's passionate about cannabis and you want someone that's passionate about the industry, but at the same, at the same time, they really need to have a particular skill set or they need to be as passionate about it as you are or, or things just really aren't going to mesh. And so I, I, I totally agree with you that building that team and building those people that are really going to have your back and support the company has got to be difficult in this space. It's very hard, but you know, I'll be honest, like Richard and I don't have the most savory background. So we're from both sides of the coin. It's like, we know what it's like to be in jail. We know what it's like to go to prison. We know what it's like to be shit on by everybody. And then we also know what it's like to build a company from the ground up. So it's like, you get a lot of dudes in suits with money like, I want to be in cannabis. And then they come in and just shit on everyone. I'm like, dude, like I've, I've had the worst job. I've, you know, learning how to grow. I did every job. I still do a lot of these jobs and same with him. It's like when you go from the ground up, you, you know, in my opinion, you just never forget where you came from. And some dudes never even came from there. And that's the problem. They just like somehow came into money and got, got into cannabis because they thought it was easy. Space. 
And yet the people that were impacted by prohibition in the first place still have not been completely um, emancipated you know, from, from those kinds of things. And, and so you're right, we, we have a long way to go yet. We need the people with the money, obviously, to help the, the industry expand, but at the same time, we have to keep in mind that someone's background, in, in, in this space especially, does not necessarily determine who they are as an employee or as, as someone in, in the space. So I, I am sorry that you guys have experienced some of that, and, and it's unfortunate that we see those things happen here in this space. But on the flip side of that, let's change gears a little bit. What's been the most rewarding? What's the funnest part about being in this space and working in cannabis? And I think the funnest part of this is you meet, one, you meet a lot of people. I feel like me and Jarrell both have became somewhat family. Everybody who works for us, we became all family. You meet new people every day. You're more out and about surroundings versus, you know, stuck in a machine or, or stuck on a job here and there. But um, it's rewarding. It's fun. We're growing the brand. The brand, I think, is the best part of it all now. We're really getting out there. We're getting on Instagram, you know, all this publicity we're getting as for as you too, Christina. And it's just, it's amazing. I think that's now me and Jarrell see the upside in all of this. Um, we have a great team behind us. So building their lives, their families along with ours and getting them to the next level too. It, that's where it all kind of comes heart feeling and comes humbling for sure. Yeah. I would say it's like, honestly, being able to be in control of your own destiny. It's like a lot of our employees, started as one now their parents work here now their brothers and sisters work here now their kids work here so a lot of families working here as a whole it's a safe environment it's a clean environment and being able to control that in a sense because like i don't mean control it's i don't want to control anybody but be able to like provide that is what i'm looking the word i'm looking for being able to provide that for people and being like this is how we want this to go and this is how it's going to be and at the end of the day sometimes remind myself like hey this was your idea like you know, you're working with your friends. You wanted this, and now you it's happening. So as, as much as it sucks, it's like, dude, like this is all you wanted for the past ten years. So sometimes I have to remind myself of that. The most rewarding thing is like, you know, there's some bad shit happens all the time in any business, but I'm like getting calls from my friends, not from my boss. You know? Yeah, hundred percent. And we we are our grow is in a small town, Oklahoma, in Lindsay, Oklahoma. We I would say probably seventy percent of our employees or from the local town we're in. So we've definitely been able to bring people from town close to here, gave them a job, gave them a different lifestyle. They're all, I mean, that's comfortable too, making sure we have something for the city that we're in. Yeah. You know, gosh, isn't, isn't that just kind of like the holy grail for cannabis right there is there are so many, you know, and I came from the Midwest. I grew up in Iowa. Um, there are so many small towns and, and, places that could benefit so much from the cannabis space moving in and offering these jobs, increasing the economy, you know, providing these things that you're talking about right now to, to these smaller communities that have been hurting for so long, or, you know, agricultural communities even have been hurting because of farming regulations and all of this. And I just really feel like cannabis and hemp have the ability to offer some new things to these places, but it's just going to take some time, I think, to get things established, to get over those stigmas. And quite frankly, I mean, it's guys like you that are going to help change those perceptions and, and show just how much good can come into these, these communities. Yeah, 
That's exactly what it is, though, like you just said, it's perceptions, because there's two sides of that coin where cannabis farms come in and decimate the community in a negative way. You know, um, I'm not going to get too into it, but, you know, they steal natural resources. They bring in a ton of crime and where there's money, there's corruption. That, that doesn't matter what you're doing. So I, I understand why people have negative context because there's a lot of towns in Oklahoma that are not benefiting from it. It only got worse. Whereas our town, it's like it's the opposite. So it really depends who's steering the ship in what town. So we definitely need to push for more of those good players that are looking for just that, looking for the ability to come in and help a community and to provide those jobs and, and do those things right. And and hopefully that's coming, you know, hopefully that does come in, you know, in the future. But let's let's kind of shift again a little bit here. Let's actually talk about Ramshead. Um, can can we talk a little bit about uh, genetics and maybe this uh, this new strain that Lulu told me about uh, the Tokyo snow? Um, that's a strain from compound genetics. It's not even new, but like, you know, what I tell everyone is like, when you pop seeds, you pop a hundred seeds of the same genetic, every seed looks totally different. So it's called fennel hunting. And it's like a hundred seeds, you narrow it down to 20, then you narrow it down to 10. You gotta smoke it, you gotta test it, you gotta see how much it yields, and then you go down to five, down to three. It took us like how many years to get this one Tokyo? Like three years? No, three years. Three years, we had two of them. One, one of them was susceptible to, to mold because it's just a weaker genetic of the same strain. So there's a lot of Tokyo snows out there, but the one that we found out of the hundreds of seeds that we popped is a winner. You know, people have offered us like thousands of dollars for this one cut. And uh, Chris from Compound Genetics, he actually created it. And we just happened to like find the best one. And we got a new, a lot of new genetics in the pipeline, but we haven't created any of them yet. Breeding is like a whole nother monster that we haven't gotten into yet. So Jarrell, tell me how this has impacted your music career. Impacting my music career, it kind of sucks. It's like, it really does take away from my music a lot. It's like, I'm a music producer as well. I produce, you know, a lot of shit for our band and I've written music for other people. This is so time consuming that like, it, it really took me away from music. And, you know, I go on tour with my band and then I come back, but like, I don't play guitar as much. I don't sing as much and I don't write music as much. Cause like I said, plants are like children, you know, you, um, it's immediate. If they miss a watering one day, they will die. And then like your whole investment's toast every single day. And then you can, you know, you can talk about your company. Like Richard was, his phone was blowing up 24 seven with his concrete company while he was building this building. He was working like two jobs and not sleeping. It was crazy. That's kind of why Jarrell means sacrifices. We, we both did for sure, because I've, I'm a third generation construction guy and um, I just couldn't juggle both. I tried, but in order for us to make this successful and 100%, I told Jarrell that, hey, I'll get rid of this business. I'll put 100% into this. And Jarrell's been doing the same. And where he's weak, I'm strong. Where I'm weak, he's strong. So it, it works out perfectly. <clears throat> very rare to have that. Yeah, very rare. Let's talk real quick. I noticed that uh, Hollywood Undead has a new album releasing on August 12th. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, that was fun. Um, I feel like the older our band gets, like the less egos we have, which is kind of strange. Usually it's the opposite, where people start hating each other. I feel like our band is like closer than ever now. We don't fight as much in the studio, and like we're writing music, it just kind of flows better. So, you know, every song we release, people are flipping out. Like, this is some of the best shit you guys have ever done. I feel like it's in the studio where it's more open to each other's ideas, and it's more of a collective now than it's ever been. 
So we're going on tour pretty soon here. It's called the Rockzilla Tour in uh, America. So I'm excited, man. It's like uh, getting positive feedback on my music is almost as good as hearing how good my weed is. I get I get more enjoyment out of here. Like people smoke the weed, like oh I love that. I'm like, I like hearing that more for some reason because it's newer to me, I guess. Right, right. Well, it's so exciting. I think, at least for me personally, my my husband is definitely an audiophile. He loves music, and we go to a lot of a lot of concerts out here in Colorado. Obviously, here you know we're not far from Red Rock, so we're we're not far from one of the greatest venues on earth, <laughs> and and we do get an opportunity to see a lot of bands. And I love that cross section. I really do. I love how cannabis and music have really kind of come together, and I feel like there's a lot of. Um, I feel like music really is helping to kind of destigmatize because music is one of those those communication tools that humans have used since the beginning of time. And I, again, I feel like it's music that can really help proliferate, you know, the cannabis space. And, and, and especially when you get guys like you and your name behind it. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of cannabis revolves around like rap and trap music, which... It's funny because, like, in Oklahoma, one of the things I love about it out here is a lot, there's a lot more music. Like, Richard's son sings and plays the guitar, and, like, he's self-taught. I think he just turned 18, and his kid's, like, amazing. I was, like, better than I was at that age. He might even be better than me now. And I'm just, like, you could sit around a campfire. People could smoke joints and watch his son play the guitar. And I feel like in Los Angeles and that surrounding area, like, you don't get stuff like that. Maybe in Northern California, but in Oklahoma, there's a lot more music and, like, um, you know, it's like my girl's parents smoke and we all sit around and I play guitar. It's like, I feel like it's more of a community out here. And it's like a lot of it's music driven too, which is awesome. What's next? What's next for Ram's Head? What's next um, beyond, you know, where you guys are at today? What's on the horizon? I think we're, we want to grow this brand as large as we can get it. I think me and Jarrell's outlook on everything is um, the Ram's Head brand we're going to kind of collaborate a lot with still Jarrell's D&G, the Dove and Grenade, try to get a, a good clothing line going with them and the cannabis strain for Dove and Grenade with Ram's Head. But we definitely want to grow this into something other than just, I think, cannabis. And we've witnessed it here a lot. Cannabis still kind of has a bad name in Oklahoma, as in you're, you, know, you just smoke drugs or you're drug dealers or whatever they want to say. We want to get up and try to help people, help families, help stuff. So that's why we've been making like a lot of medicines say as these are for the dabs. These are our brands on um, dabs and wax. They're just little grams that we sell here too. We have pre-rolls and flour and we're actually working on our packaging branding. This is some of the flour we actually took down today. Yeah, they're harvesting this today. They're harvesting today. It is monster. It's pretty. This is our uh, Cushman. It's another one oh of our really famous goodness. brands. For strength. <laughs> Super sticky and oily. That smells is like bubble Stunningly beautiful. So as long as we, me and Zarela are to a point now, I think, in the building, and we've jumped, I think, 1,000, 20,000 hurdles. We're at a point now where we're able to let loose and grow the brand and focus more on getting out there in the public, getting the brand noticed so we can take it as, as far as we can get it. And I think that's the best thing we've done yet with the company for sure yeah and we'd love to like now that we're getting our footing after like you know falling on our face a thousand times now that we're getting our footing and you know the cannabis market really like went like this recently and the prices just like completely plummeted 
Um, we're hitting our footing though. I feel like now is the time, like you said, we're able to like start giving back eventually, like, you know, helping families, like social equity and, you know, veterans, like, uh, my mother-in-law, she's a retired Navy vet. She's had two knee replacements cause like she was up and down the ships constantly. And, you know, her body's like shot from being in the military for 20 years and she smokes cannabis to help her. Like that is her medicine. She doesn't take opioids or pills and she needs that. So but then, like, my mom looks at that and is like, oh, my God, like, I can't believe she smoked pot. I'm like, well, you don't have the body she has, you know what I mean? You haven't been through what she's been through. So now that we're getting our footing and things are starting to, like, get easier, I feel like we're able to finally start turning around and, like, getting rid of stigmas, help other people and things like that. Let me ask you this. Do you have any plans to expand outside of Oklahoma? Like, can we expect Ram's Head Cannabis in Colorado someday? I would love to, but the problem is, like, Richard and I are, like, uh, when it comes to like business and quality, him are like kind of like control freaks a little bit. We're like perfectionists. I couldn't just be like, yeah, grow Ram's head. And then like if I stop at a dispensary in Colorado and it looks like shit, I'm going to be pretty upset. You know what I mean? Like I, I'd have to be like convinced that these are very good growers type of situation. You know, unfortunately, I think that's the case for a lot of MSO companies. Um, I, I think finding that good partner in another state that's going to grow your products to your expectations has been kind of a sticking point for a lot of MSOs. And so um, naturally, we, we would love to see you expand. And if you do, hopefully you can come out here to Colorado. In the, means, in the meantime, I guess you just give us a reason, another reason to go visit Oklahoma, right? Yeah. A lot of Hollywood and Dead fans are like, how do I get your stuff? I'm like, you come to me, that's how. Hey guys, it has been absolutely wonderful to have you here on my show, and hopefully we can have you back soon and talk about all of these fun things in music and cannabis and what we've talked about today. So again, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to come on the show for us. Yeah, we're ready whenever you are. Just let us know. Appreciate it, Christina. Yeah, it's good talking to you too, Christina.